0: Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Here's your host from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin.
1: Hello, we are the Get Savvy Club and we're on a mission to teach anyone in property how to get visible online. Why? So you can get deals, you can get direct bookings, you can find JV partners and investors, or if you're a realtor or estate agent, you can find new stock and ultimately you can make money. If you would like our help, just message us on info at getsavvyclub.co.uk or find us on social media.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Property Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin here. How are you doing, Anita? I am very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you very much. Yeah, I've seen you uh, in real life um, at various different property events. is a fountain of knowledge when it comes to all these different property strategies, what you can and what you can't do, and actually all the legal ways around it as well, because there's one thing a property coach saying yeah you can just do it but actually if somebody's got that legal background they can be like well actually yeah you could do it but these are the consequences of it and then it's up to you to decide whether you want to go the right route or not then at least you're you're armed with what what you should be doing
1: yeah and i just think as I get older, I realise that there's some things that I'm good at, and a lot that I'm not good at, and there's a lot that I'm not good at that because I don't want to be, because I find it really boring. And actually, all you need to do is go and find someone who is good at that and enjoys yeah. it, and employ them to do that bit for you. Then you'll get it right, and you won't have to like invest too much time yeah, you energy. don't need to worry
0: about it then either do you yeah you don't have to overthink you just think well, okay well I've I've got done my bit by going out and finding an expert in that they know their stuff they've told me this is the right way and then you can just get on get get on with the things that you are good at and that you enjoy doing definitely
1: yeah and yeah more importantly do the bits you enjoy last too short to be like struggling over trying to work out and you'll ne- never get Legal is one of those things. There's a mm-hmm. reason they train them for years and years. It's because it's, it's so complicated and so easy to get wrong mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that you won't. You can't just Google it because you can find any opinion. Yeah. You can find all sides of the argument on Google, can't you? So how do you know? Sometimes you've just information overwhelm and they've got so much coming at you. You're like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it's like it it social like media, isn't it? I mean, the stuff we teach isn't rocket science by any stretch of the imagination. You probably could figure it all out, listening to podcasts and
0: Googling and watching YouTube videos
1: but who the hell has got the time to do that
0: yeah better just to get something that actually works instead of you do your trial and error in your half-hearted way just you know get somebody that knows what then what what to do and just do that and it's done simple yeah anyway let's get into it if you're enjoying property marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate follow and subscribe
2: I'm a property solicitor, so uh, I've been in property for over 21 years, both as a solicitor I'm a partner MS my solicitors. I'm expecting all of you to use me now, and we have a special <laughs> offer. If you don't use me, we send the boys around. Simple. And uh, so I'm. Um, it doesn't sound like an offer.
1: <laughs> 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 I'm Italian, <that> is <laughs> <laughs> and
2: uh, <laughs> so I'm a property solicitor, as I said, and partner MS solicitors so and the funny partner. I'm also a property investor. Uh, I actually bought my first property as an investor before I became a solicitor. I was still a trainee solicitor. I knew nothing. And it was very much trial and terror. And uh, uh, I just saw other people buying. Say uh, yeah, trial and terror? Yeah, trial and terror. Nowadays, you, you, when you don't know what
1: you're doing, it can be exciting. But you make a mistake. You pay, really. and yeah, I. Yeah, but you learn. So you, you invest in property in the UK or in Italy? Yeah, yeah, in the UK. No, no, the, the economy in Italy dead.
2: And uh, it's, it's, it doesn't work. There's only apologies
0: one... to the Italian listeners there. <laughs> and, uh, well, they probably
2: already know. We have everything uh, better than in England, except there are two things amazing about England. Coming from Rome, I come and grew up in Rome, and uh, one is that it's an extremely green country, England, and secondly, the economy, the economy is beautiful here. I have to say, and, uh, especially and
1: uh, we love a queue in England. Yeah, but I've just been in I, Spain, I just, and I don't, I don't think know. they understand the concept of it at
2: yes, all. It's true, English yeah. people. I took you on on their
1: They I don't do it, do they? Whereas us Brits, we just we will stand behind someone even when they're not in a queue and form a queue.
2: <laughs> Yeah, that when driving is amazing because the Italians will do exactly the opposite you see that there is a line that is so you go in the empty one even if you think well I meant to turn right so I should get there no no the left one is empty I go left eventually and I then I'll just in push it and yellow. that few of those drivers yeah <laughs> so when I bought so I bought my first property 21 years ago they were not property courses mentors manuals something like that so I had to learn it the hard way so I uh, uh, sometimes I hear people saying, "Oh, you're lucky you started by 21 years ago." So they're like, "No, you're lucky you started." You're, you're people that by now, because now th- th- there is no excuses to make mistakes. People can pay and learn. You know, it's clever to learn from your mistake. It's even cleverer to learn from other mis- people' mistakes. Yes. And uh, and that is how I started actually lecturing. Uh, at the beginning, I was uh, I, w- I used to teach people. To avoid mistakes that I was doing, and uh, so I started with the cheap and cheerful, then the properties. who say cheap and rough. Say, and so my 99% of my tenants used to be DSS, and uh, I mean that you can imagine how long ago it was DSS because it still existed, because then became housing benefit. Now is investor credit, and because I thought I was giving back to society. So I, I come from a zero money background. When I came in this country. 27, 28 years ago now. It's shocking. And indeed, can you see, I'm white. I, I didn't used to be white. I didn't have a penny. So I couldn't even afford the bus to go to university. So I used to back every day from Salford to Manchester. And if you know Manchester, is not fun biking because uh, when it's not raining, it's snowing. So <laughs> I used to live in a place that perhaps you call it an HMO because it was me and around a dozen pigeons, which I had to evict <laughs> and... Uh, the place didn't have a bath. Actually, there was a bath, but green wasn't the original color. So I had to oh. get friendly with the guy that was running the local public bathhouse. So I could go there at night when it was closed. He told me where he kept the key. And so when I started making money, I thought it was right to give back to society. It took me a couple of years, actually more, to realize that. In Italy, people that are on benefits is because we have no economy. In this country, people that are on benefit, uh, mainly most, I don't know, there is a large percentage, is because they can be asked to work. And yeah. they, if someone wants a job and is desperate and humble enough, if you are happy to just work at Tesco or something like that, you find jobs. And uh, so, but at the beginning, my tenants were mainly the assessors and uh, used to buy in uh, rough areas. Then I started to do nicer properties, bigger properties, the properties, HMOs, then uh, property where I'm mortgageable from just missing the kitchen or just the toilet seat, for example, to proper serious problems like uh, uh, subsidence, Japanese, uh, uh, not with and uh, dry rot, and things like that. And in the last few years, I've been doing uh, commercial conversions. So, the, for a few years, I used to do commercial conversion to HMOs. Then, in uh, the last couple of years, I've been doing commercial conversion in a uh, block of flats. So, accommodation or holiday lights is a bit different, you can imagine. The common thing is that I can't do the same thing all the time. I have a creative mind, uh, so I get easily bored, so I cannot do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, those people that I envy, those people that can do the same thing and they can perfect what they're doing. Long before what I'm doing is perfect, I, I move to something else. So I, I, I enjoy trying different things. And then something like when, when the market crashed about uh, uh, 16 years ago now, my business plan had the insight to go to property networking events because as a law firm doing property, almost exclusively for property investors, uh, people are not buying properties anymore. <laughs> within that, it was very clever because uh, within two years, 75% of small law firms doing just doing conveyancing across down and we instead uh, we we grew, uh, we expanded, and uh, and the reason is because uh, uh, we went to. Manchester pin, because it was literally around the corner from my home and, uh, and never heard about it, uh, anything like that. And so after a couple of times going there, people realized that uh, I didn't just knew more than the others, but I knew more than the speakers, because already by then I already had a, 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 a decent size portfolio and I was a partner in a law firm. So they asked me to speak on stage and eventually uh, I started to speak. First in The first time actually I was asked to speak was in Huddersfield. And uh, uh, then Manchester, then I started to go around the country. Baksha was at the time the biggest goal because it was the biggest property event in the country. And then I've been asked to lecture abroad. And in the beginning, I refused to do that because it, for me, it wasn't an ego exercise. It was bringing crime to the firm. So what do I care about the lecturing in Australia? Now People in Australia invest in Australia. And same thing in uh, Ireland and Scotland. And then, although I made a mistake, I should have taken when there was offer me to lecture in Hong Kong, but I didn't realize the people in Hong Kong invest here, mm-hmm. and, uh, but uh, uh, something like I think the first time I spoke a lecture in Sweden was seven years ago, eight, seven, eight years ago I was a lecture in Sweden, because by then I had already a large number of students from Sweden uh, through what it was called Legacy Target. they changed name a few times. Because I'm, I'm the only one that actually taught for all the main property organizations, uh, PIM, Progressive, uh, Legacies, Target, whatever.
0: It's the same with us. We would go to, oh, we've gone to various different ones. We're not just like in one. Yeah. Like one so I'll, I'll,
2: I'll uh, and in in the of them, I was the uh, uh, the first one to teach uh, advanced creative strategies. Uh, and uh, so then I lectured in Sweden. People think that I'm traveling, but I actually don't like traveling. I'm, I'm <laughs> Indeed, as it happens, as of six months ago, I drastically reduced my lecturing engagement. So uh, I don't think I'm going to Sweden this year. And for the first time in, in a few years, and even here in England, I'll, I don't think I'm going to have more than five uh, for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, I'm getting
2: old. Draining, you draining, know?
1: doesn't it? It's, yeah. and
2: eight children, you know. This is, 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 You've
1: is, got eight children?
2: I have eight children. Why? I do not. My wife. Why? Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> That's a hard work. The, the, you know the, the the expression that you have to you have a why. Everybody has a why, you know. Some people the why is like their lifestyle, their expensive cars. Uh, I don't know, and some people like me, the why is their children. So, so what? I, their, what do they age between then? My oldest one is twenty one and my youngest one is seven. Wow. My wife, wow. I mean, I'm just one of I mean, in the ultra Orthodox community, the Jewish Orthodox community, uh, is not unusual. And my, I, I wasn't born ultra Orthodox, I mean, I was born Jewish, but we were as secular as it comes. I didn't used to re- do anything about my religion. And then uh, that is why I came in England. There is no other reason I, I, I wouldn't have come in England otherwise. You know, it might be nice and green, but I'd rather stay in Rome. And, uh, and money is not my why. So, again, I wouldn't stay in Rome. I don't care if there is no economy. I would have work even here if I wasn't married and kids. They, in this country, they pay you not to work. I don't work. Simple. Mm. And uh, I, I don't I don't have uh, luxuries, holidays. I don't think I'm going even on holiday this year. We haven't decided yes. Do you go back to Rome much? I try to go once a year, once or twice a year. I mean I, I I didn't go for many years, and then uh, I didn't realize how much I was missing it. In all honesty, and then uh, something like uh, six years ago, the year before COVID, uh, I was going through a st- I go through stressful periods because I tried to do too many things at them, and I also I, I get easily stressed. In fairness, my wife tells me that I like to get stress, and uh, by chance uh, I finally managed to trace down one of my. Childhood friends. They used to live in the block of flats next to mine, and uh, I'm speaking to him, and he says, "Oh, why, why don't you come?" Eh? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was a Thursday night, Friday morning. I tell my wife because by then she was already sleeping. Uh, I, I'm a bat. I go to bed at around two, three, four o'clock in the morning. It's not unusual that I go to bed after waking up the kids, as happens. And uh, yeah, so if you had
0: to do this, you were like, "Oh, I tried to get you to do the podcast like in the morning." You were like, "No chance." No. chance.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, 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 I, mean, I mean, this morning I've been awake because uh, I I passed out last night at nine o'clock in the evening, so I woke up at 1.30, So I've been awake since one thirty. Since since I had my last COVID, because I've COVID three times now, my my health has has been affected. I mean, I, I already had some health issues. I suffer chronic fatigue syndrome. People don't believe me on stage with all this energy, but it's true. Uh, so since I had COVID this, the third time in February, last, uh, this, March actually, end of February, beginning of March this year, I'll, I'll, I struggle even more with my health. So uh, sometimes I just, I need to rest. So I've been awake since 1.30 in the morning and I was planning to go to sleep after waking up the kids, but... First they build, uh, then a joint venture plan, uh, then uh, the email from MNT. they need help, uh, urgent help. And one thing and another, at 12, I said, if I go to sleep now, <laughs> they're not going to see me. <laughs> they they kill <keep> me. <laughs>
1: no, that's true. So what are the common kind of errors that investors make and how do you help them with them?
2: Well, as a solicitor, I don't help them much anymore because... I don't really work as a, I am mean, still a pun, but uh, as a day-to-day job, I don't work as a solicitor. Because when I started lecturing, uh, I couldn't work as a solicitor. Can you imagine? Uh, and investors are not known for their patience. And, uh, and, you know, a client says, did you get the price to the other side? And I say, yes, but uh, tomorrow I'm in London for two days. Let's exchange uh, on Monday. I get killed. <laughs> Simple, <laughs> you know. So as a solicitor, I don't help them much anymore. As a law firm, we have them, and with uh, more the creative stuff, but we do also the normal conversing. As a mentor, uh, I mean, I have a business partner, a Lady Call Tracy, and uh, and we have different areas where we help the mentees. But I'm I'm, I'm more on on the creative side, so on structuring deals, uh, seeing how because. There isn't a strategy fit for all or one strategy that is best than anyone, any other one. So far, that depends, on, first of all, depends on, on what the investor wants more. Does he need more cash flow or more capital appreciation? So, like, at the beginning of every person's journey, the cash flow is you know, cash is king. I uh, don't care if your property triples in the next five years. If you're not cash flowing, you go bankrupt. Uh, something that people don't understand because they don't realize. A lot of people actually to property we understand it, and under, learning economy and businesses in general. And uh, but also depends also on what the property itself. No, not every property will work. On, on a lease option, or on a slice and dice, or rent to rent, or sales accommodation, or whatever. So, I mean, my, our claim to fame in the property world was all these creative strategies. We were the first one to teach 90%, 99% of the creative strategies are there. We were the first one to teach them.
1: But so it's, if not everything works on every strategy, no, as a, like a beginner, not. how would you know? I, the, well, you look at the property, you look at the vendors,
2: what the vendor wants, Now, on residential properties, the vendor is is very important. I I haven't bought any residential in a few years. For the past six, seven years, I've been doing many commercial properties. The first step is always finding out why the vendor is selling. Usually, vendors are not landlords. So, they are homeowners that have a problem or a need, and they believe that by selling the property, they address the problem or need. Mm-hmm. So if you find out what they're selling, maybe you can address the need or problem without selling the property. And then maybe you can do a lease option an exchange and exchange a completion and slice and dice and whatever. So the first step is finding out why the vendor is selling, which, of course, if you're not direct to vendor, is close to impossible. So you have to learn how to get direct to vendor, to how to bypass estate agents, because often but estate agents don't play ball. And the second thing is the building itself. There's no point that you want to do HMOs if it's a two-bedroom house. So you want to do HMOs in a two-bedroom house, well, you pass it. No. Maybe it still makes you money as a two-bedroom house. Now, a two-bedroom house worth £150,000 and maybe you can get it at 80. You don't say, no, it's not HMO, I don't want it. I mean, maybe you hate single lets. Fine. Then you package it and you get money on the flipping or whatever. And all you want to do is accommodations, but... Uh, I don't know, it's in Little Autumn. I mean, Little Autumn is an area in, in Salford. Who goes on holiday in Little Autumn? Or, well, maybe not. So first is the, is the vendor needs why selling. Then is the, the property per se. There are some strategies that don't work on the properties. The, the next thing is also the, the economy. Now, I'll give you an example. I, although I've been doing commercial conversions, I could have done lease options, but still, I didn't do any lease option. I bought them cash. Why? Is because the economy of the deal. Now, like my my latest uh, commercial conversion project is uh, was in nightclub. We converted sixteen flats in Southport, and it was on on the cover of uh, YPN in January. And so we bought it for one hundred fifty thousand pounds. We spent around eight hundred fifty thousand pounds overall, just over a million pounds, and we got a, a, a GDV of one million, 1 million pounds. So on the mortgage, we got almost everything back. The point is I could buy cars for 150,000 pounds. Let's say that the vendor, I mean, I didn't even explore it because it it wasn't beneficial for me. But even if the vendor was willing to do a lease option, so I don't have to pay to buy for 150,000 pounds. For me, it's cheaper to buy for 150,000 pounds than doing a lease option for one pound. And now, before people think, well, what are you talking about? It's not the case. It is, because there are two main costs when you do development. Acquisition cost and development costs. You can skip one of the two. You cannot skip both. If I buy cash, then I get lending the development costs. So, I borrow the money if I'm able to. And no, because not everybody can get development funds. No, if you have zero experience, banks don't give you money for a development project. So... Is a bit of catch-22, then how do you start? But there's something else. I buy 150,000 pounds, and then I get development funds for 800,000 pounds, for argument's sake. If I do a lease option for a pound, I don't have to buy the property. So I save on the acquisition costs. But then... (laughs) I have to come, the development costs have to come from my pocket because no bank is going to lend me 800,000 pounds on a property that is not mine, that I cannot put a charge on it. You know, if I find a way for banks to lend me money on other people's properties, it would be nice. Yeah, Yeah, you share that one with us. Short of identity fraud, which is is a cool strategy, and uh, and till uh, you get caught. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we actually as a firm we had uh, at least uh, twice, three times, three times where we were involved with identity frauds on the other side. And uh, wow, we, we we once once we managed to get the ben, the, the buyer. We were the, we were acting for the vendor. No, we were for, We were acting for the buyer. The vendors pretended to be the owners. It's a great strategy. You find a property unencumbered. You try to sell it, and because there is no mortgage, all the money comes to you. <laughs> and so it, it was interesting. We, we, we were lucky. I mean, that uh, the police, when arrested these people, actually told them that they were uh, ultra professional passports. Just the passport itself, uh, this fake passport, were worth over ten thousand pounds each. And so these people pretended to be husband and wife owning this building. The mistake they did, and it was only out of envy that we spotted, is because my business partner was speaking to the solicitor acting for the vendors. He's a friend. He's actually a friend of mine as well. And and so Paul was saying, you know, your clients have this two million pounds property unencumbered in, in South Manchester. And, and and I said, yeah, lucky bastards. Oops, excuse me. Is it recorded? Lucky kids. Probably, you know, they've done no work in their life and just got the money from the, the parents because they were young. They were in the, like, early 20s. In early 20s, to have a 2 million pounds property and encumbered, daddy gave you the money. am eh? sorry. So out of envy, we made the comment. Paul noticed that the property was bought in 1980. And me Dresha says, unless this they bought the property when they were three <laughs> there's nothing dodgy here no 99, yeah. I think. and so obviously what, what, there was something not adding up clearly something adding up and so we reported to the police the police arrested them but we, we had once a good client a good friend of mine is selling his flat in London and comes to exchange. And the solicitors for the buyer saying there is a restriction on the property. I said, what restriction? And another solicitor put a restriction because someone pretending to be Robert sold this property pre- and to someone else. And uh, the solicitor for the vendor was also, uh, I, I realized it other way. I said, there is something dodgy with the solicitor. Because the solicitor for the vendor should have noticed that there was something wrong because the bank was the bank has not been paid and my client couldn't sell the property for six months because the solicitor for the buyer which has been scammed the buyer was scammed wouldn't remove the restriction and the reason why even after he realized that clearly they've been scammed and the reason is because in this country solicitors always get the wrong end of the stick so if the client in practice now owns £200,000 to, I don't know, a bank on a property that doesn't exist. The solicitor gave an undertaking both to the client to acquire the property and undertaking to the bank to register the the restriction, the the, the charge on the property for the mortgage, which obviously cannot fulfil now because it's a fake. So he was playing for time. He didn't do anything wrong, absolutely guiltless. He, He couldn't have spotted because the solicitor for the vendor was in cahoots still uh-huh. the moment that they find out is the sol- the, the, the bank will go after the insurance So the solicitor is it fair no so
1: yeah complicated um, isn't it
0: it's
2: not great to be a solicitor in this country but whenever something goes wrong it's our fault. Blame
0: oh. the solicitor. <laughs> um, so why would you say, like, because often some people say, oh, well, I'll just use my own solicitor, just a general solicitor. What's What are the main benefits of using a property solicitor as opposed to just, you know, a generalist? Well,
2: is uh, first of all, it's, it's like, uh, you know, if you have a problem with your eye, you don't go to the podiatrist. Or, uh, and uh, you, know, you want someone to specialize in the area. Now, even using a normal property solicitor, if you do normal conveyancing, okay, there, there are different levels. So, first yeah. the difference between uh, a law firm that does a bit of everything and someone that specialises. You want someone people have to do their own due diligence. I'm not saying that we are the best solicitor ever. There, there is the famous expression that you have to choose two out of three. So, your service is going to be either fast or good or cheap. You cannot have all three.
1: Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, we've done a podcast on that.
2: And and I, I, we, we don't aim to be the cheapest. I mean, when I started my law firm, I was, it just was me, 6,000 pounds budget. And 15, 16 years ago, I was solicitor partner, secretary receptionist, marketing, everything. And then um, it was a room behind the news agent and the dentists was in the back alley, you know. it was, yeah. And uh, then I would not get any client. So I was cheap, in like that. No, I don't need that. So my aim is not to, our aim is not to be the cheapest. I mean to aim to be the best one. So someone emailed me and says, oh, can you give me a quota to see if you are cheaper than someone else? And I says, don't bother. I'm sure that they're cheaper than me. And even if they aren't, you already told me that you value more saving 50 pounds than getting quality work. Yeah. And it's not the kind of client I, I, I seek. When you do something creative if you don't if your solution doesn't understand what you're doing, I uh, saw so it several times uh, and uh, like they come to me and so something went wrong. the paperwork behind the creative strategy was where well, was a lease option BC was was not drafted properly and a contract and so you have the other side maybe not is in breach of the contract but the contract was drafted with a fit. Let alone those that don't even use solicitors, you know. Oh, I got the, a template. Sometimes you see on Facebook group, property groups. Can someone else give me a, does anyone has a template yeah. for a lease option or for an exchange recompletion or or a joint venture? Great. You know, those there are those geniuses that, and then the joint venture partner runs out with the money or doesn't pay the money. And how do you? Since so if there is a large percentage of people, that joint venture without a joint venture agreement and I'm not even saying for my sake because we don't draft joint venture agreements I don't think it should be a solicitor that is in property because it's not a property matter it's, it's property law, it's a contract law and so I, I say it for people's benefit they want to listen to me, it's fine they don't, it's fine and because of my, my reputation both of knowledge and that I try to help people people come on a regular basis to me for help and often it's me too late I, I had one recently was quite... Uh, so she met she mentioned with someone so she was living down south she had money i mean not a huge amount of money but enough money not enough money to buy something in london but definitely plenty money to buy something cash in the northeast of england so met this guy that was speaking on stage on an event and he says don't worry we joint venture. I find the property. You give me the money. We find property to refer. We refurb it. We sell it. We split the profit. So she calls me. Actually she, she, she she sent me a message on, on Messenger and uh, uh, through Facebook. And I think she was actually next student on mine. Not that I remember. I told over 13,000 people. She says, We joint venture. We did the property. We had a buyer in February. Then in March, the buyer pulled out. And uh, my joint venture partner, moved into the property, said it was going to be a couple of weeks while he was in between properties. And then we'll try to sell it again. I say, okay, so what happened? And says, well, for a few months, every time I was chasing him, say, yeah, yeah, I'm moving next week, I'm moving next week. Then uh, since July, it was last year, since July, I haven't heard from him. And it's now September. Do you think I should do something about it? As opposed to what? No, leave your 80,000 pounds there. Who cares? I said, sure. So is the property in both names? No, it's your money. And he said, oh, he said that it was quicker this way. And I'm thinking, surely there is a solicitor you can sue now, in fairness, because and I said, so did the solicitor represent you as well? I said, no, no, no. He dealt with the solicitor and everything else. You know, all these red flags flashing, you know, and, and I said, OK. And do you have a restriction on the property, a charge, anything, loan agreement? No, no, I just trusted him. I was like, you know, (laughs) and in my mind, I mean, I'm I'm known for be quite blunt and direct, and and the best thing that could think is was like the the English expression "a fool and his money soon part ways." Mm -hmm. But what I wanted to really say is, you're an idiot, and but I can't, you know, she's already lost a lot, Mm -hmm. potentially lost quite a amount of money, yeah, and uh, so I said, you know, I cannot really say what I'm thinking, and she went, I know what you want to say, please don't say because I already feel depressed. I said, well, you need a litigation solicitor. It's, it's, it's no property. It's not longer property. It's not a property matter. I'm not a litigation solicitor if you want to put in touch with this. But litigation is expensive. And often those people that will take your money, you know, they disappear in thin air or they go bankrupt because they, they took money, not just from you, but from another 50 people that just like this face.
1: So did she ever get him out?
0: I don't think so. God,
1: do you know I, what? Uh, you know, you're I, in the I, property I, world, obviously, and I, we are too. We I, I, hear stories like about that, that so often. But there are so many stories.
2: Is uh, in any like I actually started a series of articles for YPN on how to do property due diligence. So so many people approach it now. One of them, the cheapest entry-level strategy in properties rent to rent fine you don't almost need any money almost it's not true that you because you know
1: marketing costs you do need to furnish that property
2: yeah uh, well you buy, uh, you can get it on leasing and, but in any event yeah i i agree it is, is as i said is only official then they get scripts and then they start sending messages to any man and dog on facebook so I get messages for people who says, Oh, do you have any property we can rent to rent? We can offer you to a huge amount of money. And what annoys me is they don't even, they sell selling to everyone. The same message, whether I was, uh, I don't own any property. I own two properties or 300 properties makes no difference. Well, that is wrong. Your marketing is wrong. Your market should be focused. Then they try to fold me off with. Something that I actually know more than the, I was the first one to teach rent to rent in this country. At least uh, give me the, the courtesy not to 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 treat me like an idiot. So and uh, and so often I just talk with them. I like to see whether they are either incompetent or dishonest. They, they, because and so and they ask me any properties. Now you cannot get any property on a rent to rent to save the accommodation. The first hurdle is mortgage. If there is a mortgage on the property, you cannot run it as a sales accommodation. Neither buy to leave, nor buy to let mortgages allow that, unless it is on a commercial. I mean, if you have a very commercial lending on a residential property, almost no one. The second handle is, if it is a flat, it is a leasehold, again, chances are that the lease doesn't allow that. They know it altogether. together, so do they know it because they don't know? Or, I mean, they're trying to do something that they have no knowledge, which is just a train crash to happen and if it was only the money that they lose fine you take you took a risk but they're taking risk on someone else's property and it's the landlord, that the owner of the property that is going to end up with holding yeah. the burning candle because you put him in breach of mortgage and i get the most absurd stupid excuses no other oh, is not whenever we have a bank that allow that we we will do it which bank? Which bank allows it? No, there are some. Ba- okay, Which one? Or it says no, it's not necessary. Or we put it on a short list, le- less than seven years. No, that is a different legal matter. The seven years, nothing to do with breach or mortgage conditions. It's still breach. Or they it say it's not our responsibility. Is the is the, is the owner that he has to check his mortgage. But if you already know that there is no chance that he's in, most likely than not, he's not as sophisticated as you, doesn't know that he's in breach of mortgage condition, you know it and you still do it. I'm not sure if he's dishonest. I would say borderline between dishonest and definitely no ethical. I had one person tell me, oh, I've been doing this one for years, never, ever complained. I'm <laughs> sure that there are some bank robbers that have been doing it for years and no one ever complained. You know, <laughs> And... Uh, Oh, I have hundreds of properties. How dare you talk to me like this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's dishonest is dishonest.
1: So, so, two questions we ask all of our guests, and I'm sure Alice pre warned you about these. are um, The first no, one is to saying, what,
2: what, what are you asking going to me? Oh, Matthew, you
1: don't know. Okay. well,
2: Matthew, Matthew, the first do
0: you, one is You've to... had the email from Lisa, <laughs> our PA, you know. I
1: didn't read it. Oh, sorry. Go, but I don't worry. Right. A... So the, you'll be fine. The first one is to recommend a book. So a development book, a business book, a legal, property legal book, anything you think can help our listeners. Well, I will say my manuals, but it's
2: not a book. It's the same volume, hundred pages, so it's beyond that. One single book in property. Well, I wouldn't choose one book in property. I would choose a book on marketing. One of yeah. the things that I, most amu- I find amusing uh, is that people don't understand that property is a business, and so they should learn marketing. And negotiations, guerrilla marketing. So, first, you learn marketing in general. Then, how to apply marketing to property. And then, if you do creative strategies, how you benefit from market the, the, from the Because cre- the creative strategies can also help you on the marketing. Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, an easy example is leaflets. Leaflet is the cheapest way to do marketing for any kind of business, not just property. Now, from fish and chip shops to to curtain business, something like that. Leaflets for properties. Ninety-nine percent of leaflets are very similar. Is the wording, and also the colors and the shape, whether they are typed or handwritten. Remember that I used to you use that look like handwritten when I used to do leaflets for residential properties. But the message is always the same. We are very fast. We buy cash. We are discreet. We take care of everything, and and so on and so forth. One thing that some people dare or not to say is. How much are you willing to pay for a property? Some people say nothing. Some people will say we pay market value, and, which is not true because as an investor, you want to buy less than what is worth it, right? And uh, so if you're honest, say we pay 80%, but then people don't contact you, so you be quiet. But I can put, I pay more than market value. And it's true, I can pay market value. I use a credit strategy, I just don't pay you right away. Maybe I need six months to refurbish your property. But like this, I can offer more than the competition. So when people get a leaflet that says nothing about how much you pay, and my leaflet that says I pay more than market value, what are they going to call the Ghostbusters? You, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and
1: So what? what's the book anyway? I
2: mean, there is uh, the guerrilla marketing is, uh, I forgot what was it called, uh, and but uh, one book per se is not enough. But uh, for for marketing, marketing for negotiations, uh, uh, I will start with the the art of war, Sunzo because it's Mm -hmm. fun. These are things that, unfortunately, 90% of things you learn learning from
0: courses, but marketing and negotiation, no one teaches. And yeah, well, we do. <laughs> that's what we help with, and that's what this podcast is all about. And well, that's the main thing we do is yeah, marketing. Which is why I think yeah, it's massive gap in the property education world for the marketing bit because ultimately it's a business, isn't it? Like you say, and the most important thing of a business. Yeah, well, uh, when I speak, an sales f- and marketing.
2: I, I always, uh, the, the, if I have the time, because I often end up speaking too long. And uh, if I want to make a point, ask them how many of you have been to a course on marketing? No one has asked. How many of you have been on course on negotiations? No one. And and you claim to be a professional investor. You're an amateur.
0: Oh, I like how you say amateur. Say it again, amateur.
2: It's, 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 <laughs> it's a, a fundamental part. Without marketing, yeah. you can have the best product on earth, but no one knows it. Yeah, true. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. and without negotiations, how do you convince the vendor to go with you instead of someone else?
1: So the second question is: the second um, question is What makes you savvy? I don't know, my beard, my hair—I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm a savvy.
2: I have a creative mind. I don't know. I, I like and, and I, I like what I'm doing. I'm honest. I think that my my best quality. I'm an honest guy. Yeah, That's, That's the reason true. why a lot of people offer to venture with me on a regular basis. Yeah, Because, you know, even if I'm not the, the best property investor out there, I'm sure there are people are better than me. People know that I'm not going to run away with the money.
1: And where can people find out more about you?
2: Email me on Facebook. Befriend Definitely. me on Facebook. and Or email me to at my email address on the film.
0: If you're enjoying Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, follow and subscribe.
1: Awesome. So interesting stuff. And um, yeah, a nice accent as well. Should have asked yeah. him a bit more about Italy, shouldn't we? I don't know why yeah. people ever come from these like really exotic, lovely places and go, yeah, I move to the UK, and you're like, okay, what, what, what? Yeah,
0: but-, but he said he really likes it here, though, doesn't he? So yeah, I suppose it depends what you're what you what you're wanting from. I've only you-
1: been to Rome once, and I went on a Hindu. Um, and by the time I got there I was like three or four months pregnant with Ellie so I was off that stage where I looked a little bit chunky but you couldn't tell I was pregnant so I was just on a Hindu, going just have a water please (laughs) like this really boring friend who's like you know we've got to bring her she's no fun at all but the good part of it was everybody got really drunk obviously it was good fun and then we played things like you know never have I ever and um obviously everyone was really drunk so like loads of stuff came out but me sober it's like oh really <laughs> never knew that it was great actually it's good fun
0: you're like the uh that, that's like my life though isn't it not drinking <laughs> always but but yeah because but the, there is uh, to be fair and Hindus, there is always someone that's pregnant usually because it's that age isn't it there's always like a yeah, total I mean, pregnant yeah just, obviously it was, someone early, so it was
1: 16 years ago but yeah then i shared a room with my friend who obviously had a skin full and then went to sleep got in after me fell asleep within two seconds and then was like <sighs>
0: oh no So <laughs> oh like, well, this is great <laughs> so yeah so hopefully you enjoyed this podcast with Shimon you can reach out to him he's on all the all the social medias and things if you need help with your uh, the the legal side of, of your property journey what book did Shimon uh, mention he said there's lots of good books didn't he? he oh uh, say, Art of War didn't he Art of War yeah it was said, that was so it. for Negotiate be. what's that for Negotiating and sales and stuff, yeah, brilliant. So go check that one out. See you all soon on the next episode. Bye. Have a great day, whatever you're doing. Bye bye. That was property marketing made easy. The podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.